Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You think you like football? Trent Dilfer doesn't just really like football. He loves football. This is Spider 2 Snag. Not wide banana, the one he likes, but that's Spider 2 Snag. And he knows what I'm talking about, but using Anquan Bolton as the fullback. Football! Football, yeah! Football! Football! Does Trent Dilford do any TV anymore? Does he... I think Does he do like games on Sunday? I don't think so. No, I think he actually got. He might still do some commentary somewhere, but I think as far as he's doing more like with quarterback camps now, and I don't think hmm. he was doing games. And, and I, I think the clip that we just played was him from opening night San Francisco Vikings in San Francisco. Is that uh, yeah. 2015? Right, Teddy's yeah, second year. But yeah, yeah, I think he's more. I think he's been more of a studio guy, and once he got fired, I think he just went to do football. He's a, a head coach at Lipscomb, Lipscomb Academy in Nashville, Tennessee. Is the head football coach? Oh, that's a good, nice little job. Nice. He also, I know he's been a huge part of the Elite Eleven quarterback right. development yeah. camps too, and I think Correct. probably brought that to ESPN. So football. Well, this is Purple Daily. Speaking of elite. This is the the elite Viking show on the internet here. You can find us daily Vikings entertainment with the mission of wanting the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we all die. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, our executive producer, presented by TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. And I have seen a couple comments this week that, hey, you guys tend to ramble sometimes off the beginning of the show and don't get to the point. And that can be sort of, sort of clickbaity. And I, and I okay. want to say two things. Number one, um, yeah, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we do that. But today, number two, we're going to get right to it. Mike Zimmer but, has been terrible do, against oh, winning teams. But before you do, can I? What are you doing? What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna... No, I was. Okay. I was joking off what he said. <laughs> All right. All right. And another thing. Yeah, and another another thing. Just a small thing. And another like, thing. Like today I woke up and, okay, go ahead. So Mike Zimmer has been terrible against winning teams. And our friend on Twitter, MN Researcher, he's been doing digging on this and has been keeping track of this for a couple of years now. And every once in a while, he'll send out the update. And so if you follow him on Twitter uh, if, if you want it just like updated on a regular basis or if you don't. So Mike Zimmer, going into his eighth year as Vikings coach, is 17-36 and 36 against teams that finish the season over 500. All right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a list of – so. Uh, 
MN Researcher provided us essentially like the Mike Zimmer era, so 2014 through 2020, and other coaches in the NFL that are on that list, either guys that – and there's like – it looks like there's about 15 coaches that that coached for the duration of that chunk from 14 through 2020, either sure. like Bill Belichick, who's been around for 20 years, um, or six or seven or eight other guys who were hired in and around the same time, okay? Bill Belichick has a 677 winning percentage over that stretch against teams that finished the season over 500. Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, and Mike Tomlin are also well over 500 against winning teams. Sean Payton, right around 500, 495 winning percentage. And then you've got uh, Ron Rivera, Doug Peterson, Mike McCarthy, all in like the 400 winning percentage against winning teams, which that's respectable. Same for uh, John Harbaugh with the Ravens. And then uh, Mike Zimmer is all the way down at a 300 winning percentage Oof. with that 17-36 and 36 record. So here's the, here's the other thing. All of the other coaches, except for John Harbaugh, who, who coached for the duration of that chunk and have a below 500 record against winning teams, were fired by the team that they were coaching for. So Ron Rivera, Panthers, gone. Doug Peterson, Eagles, gone. Mike McCarthy, Packers, gone. Jason Garrett, Dan Quinn, Bill O'Brien, terrible against winning teams. Jay Gruden is the only guy worse than Zimmer on this list <laughs> against winning teams. Gone, gone, gone. So what are your thoughts on Mike Zimmer, uh, I guess, being this bad against teams that finish the season with a winning record? How much do you put on him? How much do you put on other factors? What are your thoughts? It's weird because one is, if you had asked me without giving me the record first, how does Zim do against winning teams? I would say not fantastic, but I wouldn't say that bad. Like, it doesn't feel like they're that bad, but they consistently are, which yeah, is... They're not getting smoked all the time. Like, right, they're in sure. these games, but... But, yeah. I mean, I would have said he's in... I would have probably just guesstimated that he would have been more in, like, that McCarthy range. Not as bad as he is. But my feeling is this. So as far as the fault goes on Mike, okay, because, I mean, there are circumstances that go beyond him as well. I mean, Kirk has not been as good as we expected that he would be, certainly, and probably as Mike expected as well. And I don't think you can absolve the quarterback completely. So there are other elements. But as far as the dynamic that you're asking about with Zim, Phil, it comes down to this for me, too. And it's just a starting point. One is, I feel like the bigger the game, the more pressure his teams feel, uh, and and the more they start to tighten up. Uh, I don't think yeah. he, I don't think he, um, he gives them the freedom that that like a Pete Carroll does. Uh, Pete Carroll has a, he's really good at at creating a looser. Hey, it's a big game, but you know we're good in big games atmosphere might might choose a lot of gum yeah he choose a lot of gum but i mean mike yeah. ten, i mean there's no question that mike zimmer tenses up and i think his teams do as a result i think the other thing is mike puts so much pressure and you know what's mike's area of expertise defense and if the defense feels pressure that's not a productive thing um i i think part of the thing too with the vikings overall that we've learned as well is mike's very good at one area but he's not an overall head coach. He's not the CEO type that can sort of oversee things and help with offense, special teams. When those areas fail, he gets frustrated. And so I think yeah. it's more of a I think I think what we're 
talking about here is more of a stew of what the problem is. It's not like one specific problem. I think it's a, I think it's a, um, it's a bunch of different things put together in a pot and stirred up to get to the fact that against good teams, the Vikings aren't nearly as successful as they probably should be. I'm going to try and share this for the YouTube audience. Tell me if you can see this. This is just literally off a document on my computer. So hopefully you guys can, uh, can see this. So this is, this is the list that MN researcher sent over just in visual form. And by the way, if you're listening to us in uh, audio form, Thank you. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Daily Vikings Entertainment, in bearded visual form. <laughs> um, and so here's one of my theories on it, because because I think all of, all of this, like his record against winning teams, also uh, gets wrapped into a bigger question of, well, how good of a coach is he? Like he's going, and we can talk about that later in this episode. I think the quarterbacks that he has worked with are also a factor here. Mm -hmm. And let me show you the next part of this research from MN Researcher, okay? As you can see on the screen here. This is a breakdown of the Vikings record, so Zimmer's record, by quarterback Bridgewater, Bradford, Keenum, and Cousins against teams that finished the season above 500. They are 3-11 with Bridgewater, which is terrible. They are 4-6 with Bradford, respectable against winning teams. Keenum and the defense that Keenum hmm. was given, right? The best defense in the NFL um, was five and three against teams that finished the season above 500. Kirk Cousins, five and 19 against teams that finished the season above 500. Um, and so I think the argument would be, well, listen, some of the guys that are great, you know, like Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Pete Carroll. Well, of course they're above 500 against winning teams. Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, those are the quarterbacks that they have to work with. So um, so obviously the head coach is in charge of and responsible for and accountable to the record. Um, but I think when you're given non-Hall of Fame quarterbacks and asked to make it work against teams that might have Hall of Fame quarterbacks, which is why they are uh, regularly finishing above 500, I, I can see why it would be a lot harder. So... I don't want to exonerate Mike Zimmer completely, and that we can talk more about that record for Kirk Cousins too, because that's very damning. Five and nineteen against teams that finished the season above five hundred in his Vikings career. Um, but but I guess my grand point here is the quarterbacks matter when factoring in how good a head coach is against teams with winning records. So where I wouldn't give Mike a break here though is that is this one. Mike is the type of guy um, compared to a guy like. Belichick, who was obviously tied to Brady, or Reed, who has now been tied to Mahomes. Go down the list of the guys who have been successful. Uh, Zimmer's the type of guy that wants his quarterback to succeed and doesn't really want to be tied to him. There, there's no partnership there. Like there's not a there's not a Cousins Zimmer partnership. There there is a sign a guy that can win games. I'm coaching defense, so I think that also plays a role that we, we probably don't discuss enough. And that's and that's why you get back to the conversation of. How much does your head coach need to be a, a CEO type? And furthermore, how much does your head coach need to simply embrace offense? Because I don't think it can be as simple as get me a quarterback. I'm going to build a defense. That might have worked at one time, Phil. I don't think it works now. And so that that to me, the whole thing of, of Zim certainly not being thrilled about the fact that they signed Kirk 
when they did because of the contract. And he wasn't wrong there, though. But the whole thing about sort of severing himself from Kirk and then Kirk struggling and Mike's like, whatever, come on. That's not a productive relationship, in my opinion, in 2021-22 in this league. I think there needs to be a firm partnership, and it might break up after a while, like Bill and Tom did. But there needs to be a partnership between those two sides because they're so important to each other. And and that's where, look, Mike Zimmer is an outstanding defensive coach. Despite last year, I still think that. But do I think that he's a perfectly suited coach for 2021 with where things have gone when I look around this league? No, I don't. Sorry. Let's dive more into that here in a second, because I have a couple other questions, including just like in general, what do we know about him as a head? It's been seven years. He's going into his eighth year, and I would argue there's still a ton of question marks about Mike Zimmer as a head coach. Because uh, the 3M Open is coming to town here in just a few weeks. I know that Declan and I are huge golf nerds on this show. Mm -hmm. Judd just likes to drink beer. And so I think regardless of where you're at on that spectrum, the 3M Open could be a fun place to hang out. And my dude, who loves to rock his Puma, Ricky Fowler, is confirmed for the 3M Open. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to find my dude, Ricky. Maybe cheers a seltzer or two. Oh okay, I'll be ready to go. go. I'll get I'll get him on the pod. That'll be my next scoop. I'll get I'll get some Ricky Fowler scoops for you guys. What's the closest some Ricky Fowler jail that they'll take you to after uh, you try and get near keep, Ricky? Yeah. I love you. I'm sure there's one there. Golf, sure there's comma one there. 27, yeah. comma. Bring me the news.com. <laughs> so come on out, get loud at the 3M Open, and you can get tickets at 3Mopen.com/slash tickets. July 19th through the 25th at TPC Twin Cities. 3Mopen.com. Slash tickets. Also, this episode presented in part by our friends at Federated. So, Federated Insurance has been helping business owners. I'm not sure they can help the Vikings with uh, some of the problems they've had over the years against teams with winning records. I don't think that's on the list of industries Federated protects, but they'll help your business guard against potential risks, give you more peace of mind as a business owner. And during this severe weather season here throughout the summer, um, they've got a bunch of resources that'll help you. If something happens weather-wise that disrupts your computer systems, your uh, security systems, they have thought about all of these things. So federatedinsurance.com, and remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. So <laughs> Zimmer going into his eighth year, he is 64-47-1 overall. And so like, if you just told me, go back to 2014, mm-hmm. hey, so this dude's going to be going into his eighth year as Vikings head coach. He's going to have a 64-47-1 record, and I'm not going to tell you anything else. Would you take it? I would say yes. Like, would, would right. he be yeah. on the hot seat? I'd say probably not. Like, I would take that, you know? Yep. I might even have told you he probably has been to a Super Bowl at some point during that stretch with such a good record. But I would never say that he basically couldn't beat good teams. Like, if you gave me that, I would never predict that. Then if, yes. if you came back and said, yeah, but he's 17 and 36 against winning teams, I'd say, no, he's not. Yes. And that's the biggest conflict here when you're trying to figure out the big question, which is how good of a coach is he? What do we really know about him? And I'll give you one more nugget here. All right. So he's going into his eighth year. Only six coaches have been with their current teams longer. Bill Belichick, Andy Reid. John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, and Pete Carroll. So Zimmer's the seventh longest tenured coach in terms of current team. Do you know what those other six guys all have in common? They beat winning teams. Oh, they have ranks. Well, they, they beat winning teams. Yeah. yeah. They beat winning teams in the last game of the season. Super Bowl. They, have, they all have Super Rings. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So, I mean, that's that's kind of telling in that it, it kind of feels like he has, if this was a video game, all right, dude, like, you've done a good job. Yep. You've gotten to the final stage of this thing, and everyone who's further along in this video game is a championship coach, yep. and you aren't. So that that's that's sort of the weight, I think, that he bears going into 2021. I'm not sure if he thinks about that every day in terms of, like, job security, but from my perspective, 64-47-1 is awesome. Everybody would have signed up for that, but we, we are to the point now in the video game where it's time to <laughs> conquer the final level, right? Yeah, so what would you say to this? Because I think this would be his comeback privately. So if if he was three glasses of wine in and you just confronted him with that information, I think this is what he would say. I know what you're going to say, and I agree. <laughs> I think he would say, okay, but I was coached to play defense. Or I'm, I'm sorry, I, I was I was brought in to coach defense, um, and they signed Kirk, and Kirk was supposed to put us o- over the top. And by the way, I'm the defensive guy, not the offensive guy. And Kirk okay. and Kirk has not succeeded as much as wow. Kirk should have. What would you say to that? So you uh, you hit on half of what I thought. I, I thought you were going to bring up Kirk and say, <laughs> my, I, I thought you were going to say, well, what what's the other thing that all six of those guys have in common? Uh, Tom Brady, but Pat that's, Mahomes. That's why he would say it. Ben right. Roethlisberger, Drew throw, Brees, right? He'd throw that back in your face and say, yeah. look at what they had, a, a Super Bowl but, winning quarterback. But the first part of your and I'm I, I get that I'm arguing with um, like a, a pretend version of Mike Zimmer drinking red wine through Judd here. Yeah. But but the first part of what you said, I was hired to coach defense. No, you weren't. Yeah. You got the job because of how great you were as a defensive coach. Mm-hmm. You were hired to coach a football team. You weren't like, yes, it's great that you're a defensive mastermind. And that definitely is why you got the interview. And it's definitely why you were on the map and why you ultimately got the job. And it helped that the Vikings had the worst defense in the NFL the year before Mike. Like, they had their eye out for someone who could fix the defense, right? Yes. But you are the head coach. You are the CEO of this 53-man roster. And and so the counter-argument to Zim's counter-argument would be Andy Reid formed a partnership with and maximized Patrick Mahomes. Bill Belichick formed a partnership with and maximized Tom Brady. I can keep going. Mike Tomlin and Ben Ro- you think Mike Mike Tomlin was a defensive coordinator. That's why he got that like he got that job because his work in one year as a coordinator with the Vikings and in multiple years as a defensive position coach put him on the map. But it was his leadership right. that got him the that's job. Cor- that's absolutely correct. In Pittsburgh. Yes. And then it's been his ability that you could th- the Steelers under Mike Tomlin have been more known for offense than defense most years, right? Roethlisberger he, throwing the ball down the field. He was brought in for exactly what you said. He he was not brought in for defense. In fact, I think he stayed with a three four. They mm-hmm. they played a three four, and and Mike was a Tampa two four three guy. So yeah, I mean Tomlin got that job. It had nothing to do with area of expertise. It's because he mm-hmm. was a dynamic presence and could lead people. Also, Pete Carroll with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton with Drew Brees. Like, are all of these quarterbacks? naturally gifted and talented and leaders and would they have thrived with other coaches of course but those coaches didn't just say all right drew um so i'm going to be over here all practice working with the backup cornerbacks and their footwork so if you could just figure it out that'd be great oh and kicker get out of my sight (laughs) and pete and pete pete after they signed the kid from the packers pete carroll took a third round pick and started him zimmer wouldn't do that ever like if if the Vikings or, went out, or will he in a few weeks? Well, no, but I'm saying, <laughs> but, but I'm but I'm saying if they had 
if they had brought in a, a guy that they signed as a free agent who was expected to be good, right, and then drafted a guy like Mond, and those two competed, at that point in time, Zimmer would have never said, you know what, we're going to do start the third-round pick. So yeah. Yeah. it's a uh, very John, different dynamic. You're right. John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, and he he's such a weird case because – He's a great leader. He was never an offensive or defensive coordinator. I think he was a special teams coordinator. He was. Right? Yeah. And then With he had Joe Flacco. He, he sort of, you know, he, he rode, well, he maximized Joe Flacco, and Joe Flacco got as hot as he's ever been in his career at the exact right four-game stretch in the playoffs. Yep. And so there's going to have to be some of that with Zimmer. So he does have some built-in, hey, I mean, give me Tom Brady, give me Russell Wilson, but the counter to that is, all right, if we were to give you – 21-year-old or 22-year-old Russell Wilson and 21-year-old Pat Mahomes, under your watchful eye, would those guys have panned out to be the Hall of Famers that they have become? Or would you have just ignored them in practice and have been annoyed? Just hand the ball off, please, Pat. Don't Correct. don't throw those no-look sidearm passes. We can't, we can't be taking risks like that, right? Correct. That's the question. So let's go back to your Harbaugh example, because I think that one to me is very telling. And... Th- a guy lasts for a long time from a coaching standpoint, I think, because he is willing to reinvent himself occasionally. So, like, if you're like, I'm, I stick to my principles, which, sort of, which Mike is. You know, I, my principles are defense or my principles are this. I think that has that's where you really have a shelf life. Harbaugh is a great example because when the Ravens took Lamar Jackson near the end of the first round, in which I believe the Vikings drafted Mike Hughes before Lamar Jackson was taken— Harbaugh at that point in time was basically committing to if we fundamentally have to change our offensive scheme completely, we will. And they did. Like, think about that for a second. So so Lamar Jackson as a Viking would almost be certain to fail because his skill set wouldn't fit what Mike wants to do necessarily. And I don't see Mike saying, you know what, Gary Kubiak, let's let's reinvent the wheel. John Harbaugh, to his credit, right or wrong, and I think he's right said, screw it, this kid can play, but we're going to get the most from him. So this is where I think we go down a very intriguing path of of if you're just a defensive guy or you're a principles guy, and these are my principles and I don't change them, that's where there's danger in sticking with the person too long because what we see the smart coaches do is they look at the personnel. I mean, hell, you know what, Belichick, for as, for as stick in the mud as Bill seems to be, right? I love the fact that the Patriots offense continually is what they call a game plan offense, which means what doesn't our opposing defense, what does the opposing defense not do well? Let's exploit that. Not, we're going to run the ball a hundred times. And I don't, and I think it's easier to do that when Tom Brady's your quarterback and he's just like, Mm -hmm. he's just been around for so long. He's so smart. I don't know that they'll be able to do that as much without Tom Brady and just like be this amoeba that changes every single week. But, you know, the other thing I wrestle with here is, Again, 64, 47 and 1 over a 7-year stretch. That's really good. I don't have the I don't have all the other coaches in the NFL and their records in front of me, but like that's one of the probably 7 to 10 best records in the NFL over that stretch. And it and it continues to play into the reality that the Vikings are very rarely a train wreck. The Vikings have a lot of off the field things happen. The Vikings are very exciting. They make big splashes in free agency and trades yep. historically. Um, and about once every ten years, they have some sort of three and thirteen or five and eleven reset year, and then they fire a coach or whatever. But it's very rare. And uh, I get why the organization is comfortable 
with being relevant. Like they don't want to. They don't want to be the Jets. They don't want to be the Bengals and the Browns for twenty years. You know, if 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 you had to choose a ten year stretch of the Jets or a ten year stretch of like flirting with the playoffs but not ever really being a, a contender, like obviously it's more fruitful to always be relevant. But that brings us to the question of at what point do you have to detach yourself from being comfortable to take that next step? You know, do you, if, if the Vikings finish, let's say 10 and seven this year mm-hmm. and that record in that Mike Zimmer record improves to 74, uh, 54 and one, like if they, if they go 10 and seven this year, mm-hmm. his record will be, will be 74, 54 and one. He will be 20 games over 500 over an eight year coaching career with the Vikings, and let's say they get bounced in the first round again. Where does that land with you guys? Like, the relevancy in the regular season, great. The winning record over an eight-year chunk, awesome. But ultimately, it's been 60 years, and as the mission statement on this show says, Super Bowl should be the goal. So when do you when do you make that tough decision? Do you just continue being patient as long as you're winning games and knocking on the door and hope that something pops? Like, that's what I'm wrestling with here. I think the Wilfs might. I think that it, it becomes time to look at what you've done in the most important situations, what you've done against good teams. Like the overall record, it's good and that's fine. But if you if you mine down for what means something, okay, you are sitting on a really unacceptable record against uh, good teams. You so Mike got the job in two thousand fourteen. So far, has one. Conference title championship game appearance. That's it. No Super Bowls. No appearances in one. And look at the lack of consistency. 2014, you don't make the playoffs. Okay, that's his first year. I get that. 2015, you do. 2016, you don't. 2017, you make a run to the conference championship game. 2018, with Kirk in place, and you're supposed to have all the pieces in place, you miss the playoffs entirely. 2019, you win a playoff game. 2020, you don't. So I I think at some point, you have to look at what you're doing as far as consistency goes and what you're doing, as the mission statement is, to get to a Super Bowl and win one, not just be competitive. Uh, if you're just content with being competitive and being good and and not being great, that's fine. But, I mean, the Wilfs aren't like young people. At some point in time, you want to win a, a Super Bowl or at least get to one. This, this franchise hasn't been to a Super Bowl since 19, what, 1977. So I think that becomes the next thing that you really need to take a long, hard look at is what are you doing when it matters the most? Because I would argue you're probably not maximizing yourself. And by the way, that falls on both Mike and Rick as well. Because I will forever. I will go to the grave saying that Kirk Cousins was supposed to be this final chip. He was finally the quarterback that you found. And the fact is, in four years so far, he's made the playoffs, what, twice in that time? Or once in that time? But he's missed Kirk the, once. Kirk once, but he's missed the playoffs twice. In, in I'm sorry, it's three years going into year four. So... Is that good enough? No, not for what you planned. It's not. It's disappointing. What about you, Dex? It's it's a struggle because, I mean, I've, I've told both of you, like, Mike Zimmer's the best coach of my lifetime. I remember Denny Green. I know it was on the tail end of it, but I remember Denny Green. Obviously, then I had Mike Tyson, Brad Childress, and Leslie Frazier to compare him to. I understand those are two kind of pawns uh, in, in, a, in a chess match of, of head Dude, coaches. I, I am a Childress stan, as Judd knows. He's yep. a super yes. weird guy, and there's a reason why he never got another shot. 
but I think he gets a he gets more of a bad rap than he deserves. But I think Zimmer did a f- fantastic job changing the culture of the team, making them a defensive stalwart. I mean, the Vikings had previously, at least in my lifetime, have never been a team that was just so sound on defense. Was there the the Williams Wall? And was there some, you know, Brian Russell and Corey Chavis interception turnover teams? Sure, but not wow, a team dude, that Brian was a, Russell. Yeah, that's a good throwaway right there. They were a sieve, though, defensively, like for my entire Vikings fan, uh, for the majority of it uh, on, on defense. So he's done a great job at that, and he's won most of the regular season games. There is something to be said about, look, you should beat the teams you should beat. You should absolutely win those games. So the winning record against the losing record team should be very high. And I, I'm guessing, obviously, it is like, a 700 probably winning percentage against those teams with losing records. But the ones against winning records, you would hope to go 500. You're like Mike Zimmer isn't a good enough coach to put himself in the Belichick era and the situations around him uh, to, to be one of those elite head coaches. But my biggest problem with him when it comes to facing those winning teams is he just is so stuck in his ways and he doesn't want to adapt. The John Harbaugh example of I have Joe Flacco. He is a pocket passer. He can throw an absolute Hail Mary of a deep bomb. But if we draft Lamar Jackson, we're going to have to change this entire offense up. You might have to cross that bridge with Kellen Mond, too. Like, like if, if this doesn't work again in 2021, if you're 10-7 and seven and bounced or, or one and done or don't make the playoffs, I think you need a finally philosophy change. And even after eight, nine years of pretty damn good football, you got to turn the page eventually. You're not the Steelers. Like, you're not. So you're, you're going to have to turn the page and, and get a new head coach in. I was curious because you asked, like, what, what's his winning percentage against the teams that finish below 500. If I'm doing this math right, so he's 17 and 36 against teams that finish over 500, which means he's 47, 11, and 1, an 80% win percentage against teams that finish the season below 500. Mm-hmm. He feasts on bad teams. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him feast on bad, inexperienced, or backup quarterbacks, right? So, yeah, it's, it's going to be. Man, like it is like because I, I what the last thing I would want is to just fall prey to the emotional. All right. They fell short again. So everyone needs to go right. Dumpster fire franchises fire everybody. You, you the, the chances of you for, for anyone who who wants Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman and Kirk Cousins all to be gone. Right. And I'm not a big Kirk guy, but he's one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world. All right. What are the chances if you let all three of those pillar pieces, GM, coach, quarterback, go, that you're going to nail all three replacements? There's a really good chance you wind up with, like, you know, Leslie Frazier 2.0 or some idiot general manager that throws away a decade of your franchise. Like, you got to be really careful about just firing everybody. And that's why this is so complicated. They've been good. But Super Bowl is the goal, and it's just like one of the hardest spots to be in as a professional sports franchise. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. So if they fire Mike after this year, do you trust Rick to hire the next coach and probably pursue the next QB if it's not Mond? Well, I do because I think Rick got the Mike Zimmer hire right. Mike Zimmer is a good coach. Yeah. Now, is he Bill Belichick? No, but I don't think you can judge every general manager based on 
Well, if you didn't, if you didn't hire Bill Belichick or draft Tom Brady, then you therefore are a failure. Well, then literally everyone's a failure except for Robert Kraft. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, did they whiff on Leslie Frazier? Yeah, I think I think they I think they bought into just Leslie's calming influence at the end of a train wreck 2010 yeah. season. And he was and cheap. Thought, okay, yep. Let's just reset. Everyone loves Leslie. Yep. He's a steady hand, right? Yeah. And and maybe maybe Leslie ten years later would actually if if because he's gotten a couple of interviews. I think um, there's a chance that he might. I think he's a coordinator, but I'd be curious to see him get a get a second chance at it. Um. So I don't know, man. I just I I I trust Rick to hire another coach. Does it mean that he's going to nail it 100? percent No, but I wouldn't just fire my GM and my coach unless yeah. this was a train wreck season, mm-hmm. like three or four win train wreck, and it it just and you had no choice. And I don't think I don't think Rick is going to get fired. I think Mike might. I don't think Rick is, and I do think that they're going to see, depending on how Mon looks, there might be potential that they'll try and move on with a trade from Kirk. I could see that. But yeah, I don't think they're going to fire everybody unless they win like three games or something like that. And and look, you know what? Part of the thing with Mike, in my opinion, is this. It's not just like who he is personality-wise or has he stayed too long. It's also very much where's the league trending? Where is the league right now? And I think there might be a very good case to be made that if your head coach and quarterback have no partnership and like the head coach sees the sees the position, not just Kirk Cousins, the position as a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. that's an issue. Mm-hmm. In 2021, that, that's in, in 1985, I wouldn't have cared. I no. wouldn't have given a damn. But now I think you at least have to consider when the head coach is basically, basically comes in day one and plops down his philosophy of offense run the football we got to establish the run partially to keep my defense off the field to keep them fresh i don't think if you own the team that that you can or should just say oh that's cool yeah that's not how offenses work now yeah i'll tell you uh you know we can sit here and and debate and try to figure out where the nfl is going i'll tell you where golf is going bombs boys Bombs, ba bomb, bomb. Nine routes? Are we talking nine routes? <laughs> Straight down the side of the fairway. Yep, right on the edge there. And the new Gen 4 clubs from PXG have arrived. These are some of the best clubs you're going to find on the markets, the best clubs PXG has ever made. Uh, and you can find them at that Golfer's Paradise in Southdale Center, PXG Minneapolis. They've got clubs for uh, all different types of price ranges. They've got apparel for you to rock out in the summer here. Maybe go pick up some apparel so you can uh, look the part uh, when you're going to that golf tournament here in a few weeks, too. So PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. So I don't know. I don't know if we solved anything here on behalf of the Vikings, but it's a complicated, interesting. Yep. Yep. Mike Zimmer dominates bad teams and is terrible against good teams. We can. There's probably a whole nother episode to be done. Um, not that we would, you know, ever want to exhaust a Kirk Cousins topic oh, no, on this not show. Us. Not us. But the fact that Kirk himself wears five and nineteen as a record against teams that finished above five hundred at the end of the year. Hey, here's one more question for you on Zim. He's been here for seven years. What are his big wins? He's got two against the Saints. One was a miracle in yep. the playoffs. Yep. Yep. Uh. 
the 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 one I always reference the Rams win in 2017 number one offense number one defense Packers and that was two, a big one Packers at Lambeau 2015 won the division okay. uh, the U.S. Bank opener against the Packers too I thought was a pretty damn good win Sam you know Bradford. what I bet I bet if you delve down to I bet the Vikings record against not good teams at home since they moved into U.S. Bank Stadium is outstanding. Because I yeah, will. They lost to the Falcons and they lost to the Bills. Bills. Those are the two that are memorable. Yep. And the Colts. And the Colts. I think. Yeah, no, they, they lost. The, the three worst defeats I've seen in yeah. that stadium were, were the Colts. <laughs> the Colts game in 16, where they just rolled over the Bills game, which was really bizarre. They were terrible in that game. And then the Falcons yeah. this past year. And then, and then the Bears, I think once or twice as well. And the Lions. But anyway, but I feel like they've also beaten a ton of teams there because the quarterbacks shrink because of the noise. Partially. Uh, also worth noting, so Zimmer, since we're just fleshing out his entire resume here, he's 500 against the Bears and he's one game below 500 against the Packers. So he's he's slightly below 500 against the Bears and the Packers. Honestly, like if you play 500 football against those two teams over a seven-year stretch and one of the teams has Aaron Rodgers, you know the Packers. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna, that's fine. The Bears lost the, the bear. The Bears losses that come to mind because look, the Vikings, and I don't know why, but for a long time they have struggled in Chicago. But the two Bears defeats that stand out to me as really, really bad were was the 2016, I think, or no, I'm sorry, 2018 regular season finale when Chicago was locked into its playoff spot. And the Vikings still lost that game. And I think if they win, they go to the playoffs. And then th- this past year as well, because if they win that game, they're the seventh seed. So, like, those are the two that, apart from just the overall record, those are the two Bears defeats that stand out to me because you got to win those games. They're here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, boys. This is good. Good little mm. deep dive into Mike Zimmer here. Uh, Dex, I don't have, we got, I got to get that clip of him trying to pep the team up in the locker room that we haven't played for a couple months. The Zimmer. Oh, the, uh, you like that? The second you, Zimmer's version of you like that? Can you send me the you like how that tastes? Oh, oh. Email that to me. God. I need to, I need no, to No, don't do it. He here. abused it before. I can't take no, it anymore. It. I can't take a 60-something-year-old man saying you like how that tastes. <laughs> I like that. No. No. All right, that's a wrap no. on today's Yuck. Purple Daily. Bye. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We'll see you guys for a little four-question Friday action tomorrow.